Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the Southern Bank Corps studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We're glad you're with us. We've got a great show today. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us uh, later in the hour. Jenny Hazelwood is the new USM volleyball coach. She's here in the studio with us uh, for the show this afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me, and we're glad to have her. And uh, first off, though, we're going to go to uh, Middle Tennessee University, and that's where head coach Jim Toman is at. He's the baseball coach, of course, for Middle Tennessee, Southern Miss's opponent, starting tomorrow night. And, uh, Coach, uh, want to get right to it. Glad to have you on the Eagle Hour, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here, Bob. Thanks a lot. You guys are having a pretty good year, I'd say, Coach. You are fourth right now in the league, and I understand that you have uh, the third highest RPI in the league. You've only lost two games in the month of May. Uh, it seems like you got things cooking for you right now. Yeah, we're doing okay. Everyone seems to be bunched up. Everyone's trying to catch Southern Miss, and uh, I think we can finish first, or we can finish seventh in the league, and that'll that'll happen tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, and. I think we know everyone that's in the tournament, but we have no idea what the what the seeding's going to be until until this plays out this weekend. So, when you clash with the Golden Eagles uh, starting tomorrow night, what what will be the strengths of your Middle Tennessee team that uh, that our listeners around the state of Mississippi can look for? Well, I don't know if we have any strengths or not. If you look at our stats, they're not very impressive, and we don't we don't have a whole lot of draftable guys right now in the program. We got some. I'd say some blue-collar, solid, scrappy guys that, um, if you look at the numbers, they don't they don't really add up. But uh, uh, you know, they're just scrappy, and I, I like to think we're pretty tough, and that we're, you know, we're feeling you know pretty confident because we've we've won a, I think we've won seven out of our nine series so far. The only two series we haven't won were Old Dominion and uh, San Antonio, and boy, them two teams really swung the bats well. But if you're asking about our, yeah, if you look at the ERA, it isn't great. The run scored isn't great, and the defense is okay. <laughs> but uh, I think the best thing is that uh, we have a little bit of fun, and I think we have a little bit of toughness to us. Well, the record's pretty good, Coach. Yeah, well, we've been winning our share lately. We, I think, what helped us maybe, Bob, was. We played a pretty good non-conference schedule. I think it was like 19th or 20th in the country. So before we played, uh, you know, any conference USA games, we were playing teams that that were similar to the better teams in our league. So I think that helped us a little bit learn learn about the speed of the game and and what we needed to do to try to win in this league. But uh, we will definitely have our hands full with Coach Barry's squad. All right, let's get in here with Coach Tillman. 
Coach Thomas, thanks so much for being on one of those uh, non-conference series that, that just stands out on your resume right now. You went down to Auburn uh, in, in mid-March and, and took two out of three from the Tigers. That was a that's that's a that's a historic series, especially where Auburn is now. Yeah, I, I uh, we we had fun down there, and it was fun playing. Now they're they're big old guy that hits them home runs about four hundred fifty foot. He he only got three or four at bats. I think he was kind of kind of coming back from an injury. And I think we caught him at the right time. I think it was spring break, and and uh, maybe we maybe we surprised him a little bit because I think we uh, got their attention because after we left there, I, I don't know if they've lost. <laughs> They're way up there now, and and happy for him. Uh, I like Butch down there. He's a good good man. You were talking about you know how good your team has been. Only one one sweep. You haven't been swept, but you you got your first sweep this last weekend against Rice. But as you said, seven and two in the conference uh, in series. And, and then I was just kind of breaking down where your team is on Fridays. It looks like you're six and five. Game twos, you're four and seven. And then game three is where, as what you said, your team knows how to win. Nine and two in game threes so far. Well, I'm glad you had all them details because I. I, I didn't know that, but uh, I, I knew on Sundays we've been pretty good because Sunday's the day, you know, we say, you know, who wants it more? Uh, and you just got to play harder and want it more. And it, it's, you know, Sunday is fun day for our guys. And dang, if it ain't, it ain't working so far. But uh, I know Southern Miss got, we don't have, we don't, we're not playing on Sunday, but we'll go Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday. But that third game, uh, I know Southern Miss has a really good pitcher. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to show up. That's for sure. I don't, I don't know what the results will be, but we're we're going to play hard. I talked to uh, to Scott Barry on Monday, and and uh, what he told us about your team is that is much improved pitching staff. That's kind of what we've heard from the other programs coming down the stretch. Tell us about your rotation this weekend. You know what? I I haven't sat down and talked with Coach Myers. I got a really good pitching coach, Jerry Myers. We used to work together at the University of South Carolina. And had an opportunity to go to Omaha. Heck, he's been to Omaha five times, and uh, I only got to go three. So he's he's a guru, and he's really been we've been mixing and matching. We don't we don't have a tremendous amount of depth, and we've had some some injuries, not really arm injuries, but we got some back injuries and stuff like that, and. We're, we're limited the number of pitchers that we have, but uh, we've been going. Uh, we usually announce a, a, a first game starter, and that'll be Wigington this week. But we change it up a lot, and then it's kind of TBA and TBA on games two and three, depending on who we have to pitch. You know, in the first game or the second game, because we have some guys that are swing guys that. We've used uh, to win games late, and we've also used them to start. So it's almost impossible for me to say who's going to start these three games. Um, but uh, we do know Wigington will start tomorrow night in the first game, which is Thursday at 6 o'clock here. And uh, after that, it just depends who we use in relief. And uh, we'll, we'll let Coach Barry know after the game. On, on Thursday, who we're going to pitch Friday, and then the same thing for Saturday. But we really we really can't name a starter because our guys kind of do, do both. Coach, when you and other coaches prepare to play Southern Miss, what do you feel you have to do to beat the Golden Eagles? Number one, we've got to believe that we can do it, you know, because they're, they're by far the best team in the league, and they have been for a while. And Coach Barry is, is probably the top coach in the league for a long time. 
and the success of their program, it just isn't this year. It's been a long time going. So we they're probably, for me, and this is only my fourth year in the league and two of the years were, were kind of COVID years, but uh, Southern Miss, to me, looking from the outside in, is the closest team in our league uh, to being like an ACC or SEC program. And that's kind of what I look at it. Uh, when I think of them, I think, okay, well, they could fit right in in the ACC or the SEC. So, but you know, you can't you can't bypass the pitching. I mean, they got they got. I think they got 200 more strikeouts than we do, and less walks. And I think they're leading the league in strikeouts by far. And I think they have the less walks too. So, and that's how you win. You win with pitching and defense, and they certainly have the pitching. So you have to. So so, what do you tell your your batters? about the most effective way to hit Southern Miss pitching, Coach? Well, maybe swing hard in case you hit it, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I let my hitting guy do that. we got a good hitting guy, Jordan Getzelman. We got him from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, he's a young guy, but he, he's, he's really uh, really done a nice job with our hitters, and we seem to be getting better as the year goes, so that's a positive. Um, but, yeah, he – He's going to have a scouting report on every pitcher that throws, and we'll try to follow the game plan. But, you know, heck, he, he, they've gotten some really good pitching. So, you know, scoring runs is going to be very difficult to do. But, uh, you know, you never know. It's baseball. It could be 12-11 in the first game. Who knows? Swing hard in case you hit it. That may be the best quote we've had all year, Coach, in college baseball. There you go. i got a son that's a senior in high school and has a chance to be a pretty good draft pick. and. We've always taught him that you know if you swing hard, you know, get, and he's like, "Well, why, Dad? I'm going in case you hit it, son." So, <laughs> All right, yeah. Luke. Uh, Forty seconds left with Coach. You got one last thing for him? Yeah, um, Coach. Just just kind of wrapping up. It, it uh, several programs leaving Conference USA uh, after this year, but this tournament, and I know you guys looking forward to it coming down to Hattiesburg, it's probably the best tournament, uh, since you've been in the league, but maybe in the last decade with, with all the, the, uh, high RPI teams in it. Yeah, we're, well, there's a lot of good teams in this league. I know last year, four teams got in the regionals. And I think it was the fifth best RPI conference in the country. I think we're back up to like fifth in the RPI and a lot of good teams. And, uh, you know, anyone can win it. Obviously, you know, Southern Miss is going to be favored. It's at their park. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming down there. I ain't been down there for a while, but, uh, uh, well, actually, I, they, they got turf now, so I'm kind of li- liking the turf. We're trying to get turf here at middle as well. But, yeah, there's a lot of good teams, and, uh, you know, one through eight, you know, just like last year in the tournament, we, we snuck in the last day, and, and we were the eighth seed, and, and we beat Charlotte. They were the first seed, so... You never know what's going to happen in their tournament setting, but uh, uh, we're really looking forward to coming down. And it, it sounds like we had a Zoom meeting the other day with the conference and with the Southern Miss folks, and, and they know how to run a tournament there, and they've done it before, and it's going to be a blast for our players, and I appreciate all the hospitality that uh, seems like we're going to get down there. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot for being on the Eagle Hour, sir. We appreciate you. All right, guys. Get after it. We'll, we'll see you soon, hopefully, to Blue Raiders can uh, give Southern Miss a, a, at least three competitive games. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank Middle Tennessee baseball coach Jim Tobin. That may be one of the best interviews we've had in a while. 
Swing hard just in case you hit it. That uh, That is some great advice there from Coach Toman. Middle Tennessee playing the Golden Eagles Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. A lot of implications in that series. A pretty big series for both schools. Also want to thank our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue sponsoring that first segment. That's a great place to take your family for food and, of course, to cater your next event. Also, our thanks to Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net for all they do to support the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. Remember, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you could just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour 24-7, and uh, you can have the show right there with you. Happy to have in the studio with us this afternoon Jenny Hazelwood, who's the new volleyball coach at Southern Miss, took the reins of the volleyball program back in January, and uh Coach, we're always delighted to have guests here in the studio with us. Thanks for coming in. Well, thanks for having me. Of course, it's going to be a tough act to follow, as, as <laughs> awesome as your previous interview was. And you indicated you knew him indirectly. Is that uh, well, he talked about the series with Auburn and the head coach at but- um, Butch Thompson at Auburn. Um, we're good friends with their family. Our daughters played sports together. So, yeah, great yeah. people. And he was talking about how Butch is a great guy, and he is the, just an unbelievable human being. Yeah, and, and quite an interview. Quite a colorful character was uh, was Coach Toma. Yeah, he was. Okay, Jenny, so you come in, you take over a volleyball program that has a great facility. Uh, your observations now uh, about where you are and uh, what you have. Well, you, you mentioned it right off the bat. Our facility is, you know, almost not comparable to anybody else. I mean, you've got schools like Nebraska that have a huge volleyball-only facility that's a big arena and they sell it out. But if you talk about comparing our volleyball-only facility to any other volleyball-only facility, that's not one of those Nebraska. Because there are a lot of schools that share with basketball. And so that means you're not practicing in where you play your games. And so, yeah, you play in a nice place, but you go practice somewhere else. And, you know, so it's just a little different when it comes to home court advantage especially. So we have our own facility that we practice in every day, and it's phenomenal. Our own weight room, our own athletic training room. Of course, the locker rooms are nice. I mean, it's it's truly unbelievable. Is that what sold you on taking the job? Well, that's part of it. I mean, knowing that that's easy to recruit to. I love Hattiesburg. I love living in Hattiesburg. Um, that so it's just been you know that combination. And then the a huge draw for me was the athletic administration. I mean, Jeremy McLean, Brian Morrison. I mean, I, I could go down the entire list that how much they support the student athletes and genuinely care about them as humans. And it's obvious. And, um, you know, I think in today's age, these athletes need to know like your love for who you are as a person. And yeah, we're glad you're here as an athlete, but we care about you first. Right. All right. Let's get it here with coach Hazelwood. Coach, thanks so much for coming on today. You, you have a very unique perspective because you've played in the SEC, you've coached in the SEC, you've been involved with uh, Team USA Volleyball, and, and so you understand the national scope of volleyball as well as the state of Mississippi. And I guess when it comes to, to building a roster and recruiting, what is the balance there, and, and where does kind of Mississippi and the southeast you know, land uh, in, in terms of volleyball compared to the rest of the country? Well, I, you know, I'm one of those that – believes that God has a plan. And when I left Mississippi State and um, started commentating for ESPN, we stayed in Mississippi and started a club volleyball program there because we thought Mississippi has phenomenal athletes and they just need to be taught. Volleyball is a highly skilled sport, similar to, I would say, like how golf, you can't just go out and be a good golfer if you're a good athlete. It's very skilled. Volleyball is that way. And it just takes a lot of teaching 
And so we started that back in 2016. And uh, where we are today, I mean, my, my daughter's committed, and I don't think it's illegal for me to say this because she's my own kid, but she's going to USC out in California. Like, she's really good. And she has a number of teammates that are going to Power 5 programs that came out of Mississippi. So we're getting to that point and there's going to yeah. just conti- there's more and more in the younger ages and it's really cool to see major programs from across the country recruiting out of mississippi and obviously huge advantage for us to have those athletes that want to stay close to home you know that they- they're going to take a great look at southern miss i know we'll talk a little bit about the spring here in just a second but we on the eagle hour we we have a lot of head coaches from the school and uh, yeah, I told you yesterday, you know, we'd love for you to come on in the future. So we, we try to get to know our head coaches and our listeners love knowing the people, you know, that are leading the programs. What's kind of your philosophy as a head coach, uh, you know, with player interaction and, and uh, kind of the culture you want to bring to Southern Miss Volleyball? Yeah, well, you know, for student athletes, it's a it's a job and it's a hard job because you're balancing classes, workouts you know, practice, all of the things that they've got to do. And so we do want our athletes to have fun, enjoy it. And yeah, we push and we hold ourselves to a high standard, but you'll see us laughing a lot in our gym. And, you know, we're we're encouraging our athletes, hey, make those mistakes because that means you're trying to make the changes that we're asking. And so just a more freeing environment in the gym, and um, and then genuinely enjoying it. We don't want them to finish their career thinking, I'm glad this is over. We we want them to say, hey, gosh, I, I'm so sad that this is over. So um, that's that's a big part for us with our athletes. And and, you know, it is, like I said, important to me that our athletes know that they count as people and they matter as people more than anything else. Do we lose sight, Coach, of what you just said? I see people on social media, and I'll go to baseball for just a second. Team hits just a little bit of a rut. Man, they're trashing kids. They're trashing players. It's like the world has come to an end. And I know we all want to win, and I do get how important that is, but isn't what you said really key? It's it's supposed to be fun. It is. And the reality is – it's still a sport. It's a game. And yes, I, we want to win every time we set foot on the court. The baseball guys want to win every time they get out on the field. It's silly to think otherwise. So, you know, to to trash a kid that's out there just doing his best to represent the school name on across the jersey, it, it really does break my heart because these kids give a lot for the university. They're always doing the very best they can. Yep. All right. What was spring like? What did you see? Well, uh, impressed with the talent level, that's for sure. And, um, you know, I know the past records haven't always reflected that. Um, And some of it is just some systematic things that we believe in, stuff that I've picked up from my time with USA Volleyball of this is, you know, how you can play volleyball at a high level. And we make some of those changes and all of a sudden we look really good. So mm-hmm. we're incredibly excited because, you know, making the switch to the Sun Belt is, you know, is great for us. Um, and uh, I, we're going to be highly, highly competitive. We, I, I genuinely think we have a shot to win it. Really? So you like the talent, apparently a great deal. Yes. All right, Luke, that's good news. Great news. And, and Coach, we, we've talked to, to Scott Berry, we've talked to Will Hall. For, for volleyball, though, uh, because, you know, you guys, the, the travel is a lot. Um, 
how is the Sun Belt specifically going to help you? I mean, these these road trips are going to shrink down, and uh, I think in some ways you will be in far more of a footprint, you know, to recruit regionally than you would in Conference USA. Most definitely, I do. I love the travel, as you said, in our division. We're not you know, just constantly long road trips and athletes getting home late. And, you know, then, I mean, it just builds up over time of the exhaustion, honestly. Um, so it's going to help with that quite a bit. And then, yeah, the exposure regionally, getting into the areas that we will, uh, that's obviously, you know, going to be a huge advantage because recruits can come watch us play and say, you know, hey, I want to be a part of that. And, you know, that's, again, more how you get athletes to campus. Then they see the amazing campus and then our facility and what it's like around Hattiesburg, and, and that's how you get them. Bob, we, we, should, we should mention to our listeners that there's always an opportunity in life for redemption. Coach Hazelwood was a Bulldog twice, okay? <laughs> and so now has the time for her to, to dom. But I, I do want to say yeah. this. As a high school kicker, her uh, her husband, Brian, was a, a two-time All-SEC kicker for Mississippi State. And one of those dudes when you're looking for – you want to play at the next level. Brian Hazelwood, I remember a lot of those Thursday night games. I mean, Jenny, I don't know how many. He had several game-winning yeah. kicks, big-time game-winning kicks. And, and Brian was one of those dudes that we all looked up to in high school. Yeah, he definitely um, is a great role model even to this day. He actually, um, you know, has helped me coach volleyball for a long time. And it's just kind of how he carries himself. And, yes, he was an outstanding kicker. He's just an outstanding athlete. And um, so it's been really cool to see how, you know, he's went from, you know, kind of the leadership that he could show in his work ethic and all that with football. And now he's doing that with volleyball and he's made a huge impact on volleyball in the state of Mississippi. And so that's, you know, that's really cool. I give him a hard time cause I'm like, ah, kickers. I don't know if they're really athletes, but, <laughs> but he is really good at other sports. So I guess I could say, we do say he, when he come when he plays volleyball, he plays like a really good girl. Well, Luke has always tried to convince us that kickers are football players. Are you here to verify that, Jenny? Um, I mean, my Please. husband is, so I'll say that. <laughs> well, let's just say this. A lot of kickers are weird. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to tell us about that. We, we <laughs> work with a former kicker every day. Jenny. Well, I was, a, I was a punter in college, so maybe that gives me a little attention. Coach, Hazel, Coach Hazelwood, thanks for being on Thanks today. for coming. Thank you. We'll be right back. Fourth to Street Bar Grill sponsors the third segment of the Eagle Hour each and every day. We appreciate Slade, the gang down there. I go down there tomorrow night, get yourself a good poor boy, and I guarantee you the Southern Miss baseball game will be on the TV as uh, they play Middle Tennessee on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And uh, hard to believe, guys. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joining us. Patrick, hard to believe that we're we're talking about the last weekend series of the year, and uh, this time next week. But today's Wednesday. This time next week, we'll be into the Conference USA Tournament. Uh, baseball always goes by fast. 
Yeah, it does, and time flies when you're having fun. I know Southern Miss fans were having a lot of fun there for a while, and things have kind of, you know, it's been a little bit up and down here lately, but uh, Southern Miss is still in a, in a decent position going into this uh, weekend at Middle Tennessee. All right, so you were, telling, you were explaining to us your thoughts off air. So explain to us why you think Southern Miss now is back in the uh, potential uh, picture as hosting a regional. Yeah, in, in my projections I uh, ran on Monday, I had Southern Miss really just out of it, you know, as, as that 17 or 18th team. Uh, but uh, last night, Gonzaga, who has kind of been locked in for a little bit as, as a uh, non-power conference team hosting, uh, for one thing, you know, the NCAA needs a little bit of balance geographically, and there's, a, uh, you know, they need another team out west, and they're leading a, you know, a good conference. But Gonzaga lost uh, last night to Oregon, not a bad loss, but their RPI did take a hit. I think they're down to like 28. And and also Gonzaga goes to San Diego, which right now is is like a, I think a three seed in my projections. It's a good team, uh, Bill McGillis's uh, uh, school there. So that's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tough for them to, to go in there and sweep or even win a series. So there's a chance that Gonzaga's uh, going to uh, go down a notch this weekend. And if Southern Miss plays well at Middle Tennessee, and really they they need a sweep to kind of just solidify themselves. And give themselves a little bit, you know, more momentum going into the conference tournament. Uh, but as long as they win the series, I think they're very much kind of there, uh, <laughs> p- probably on the right side of the bubble if things break their way this weekend. Are they out of their slump? Does the last game show that they're out of their slump, or is it still kind of dicey and unpredictable which team's going to show up? Well, I mean, it's you know they've been slightly off in a lot of different phases. The obvious one is they hadn't hit the ball very well for a while, but they did kind of bounce back. Uh, is that UTSA's lack of uh, pitching, or is Southern Miss you know off the schneid with Reese uh, Ewing in there at the three hole? It kind of this weekend will tell us. Uh, you know, if they go in there and hit the ball well and, and pitch like they're capable of, uh, and that Friday night game is absolutely crucial. I mean, they've lost, lost what like the last two Friday nights. Uh, so they really, really Friday night. Excuse me, Thursday. I know the series. Yeah, so, uh, game one. They really do need to win game one. Luke. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was joking yesterday uh, with one of our guests, Patrick. Um, it, it's funny who you got to pull for this weekend. You, you got to pull for LSU yeah. um, because they're playing Vanderbilt. But then it gets real ugly. You got to play. You got to pull for Ole Miss. Because because they're playing Texas A&M and Southern Miss actually jumped A&M in the RPI, you got to pull for Louisville of all people because Virginia is right just ahead of Southern Miss and if Virginia were to lose the series, uh, you know, or to get swept, Southern Miss might be able to make the jump. Uh, it, it's just so here's the question: We want to host mm-hmm. is. Is it better to host as the 16 and be matched up against Knoxville or to be a two-seed somewhere else? Oh, I think it's be a two-seed somewhere else. Um, it, you know, you, you would like to be a two-seed with a 13 or 14-seed somewhere. You know, that, that would be in terms of, uh, you know, improving their chances of, of getting deeper in the postseason. Uh, I would think you don't want to be the 16-seed as a host. Now, I'm not saying things can't get weird and – and, and things can always be unpredictable in the NCAA postseason. But in, in terms of the overall odds of them getting uh, to Omaha, uh, uh, you, you generally don't want to be the 16th seed as a host. Yeah. Hmm. 
So a few more projections today. D1 baseball, and this is out today, so before you already released yours earlier in the week. Southern Miss, according to D1, a two-seed at Nashville, Vanderbilt the one, Liberty the three, Davidson the four. Baseball America actually has Southern Miss as the 16. This was released today. Georgia the number two, Coastal Carolina, and College of Charleston number four. Uh, Patrick, if you had to redo it today, would, would basically your, your 16 Gonzaga just be replaced with a 16 Southern Miss? Yeah, I mean, I, that's something that I have to consider. I mean, one of their RPIs there at 28, but heck, I think it's Texas uh, Tech, who's got a 33 RPI that uh, they're starting. People are, you know, some of the projections are putting them in the 16. They were not in my yeah. 16. I know they had a big weekend last one, but I would say, right, that, that I would say Southern Miss's chances of hosting improved since I did mine on Monday. Whether they're the 16, I don't know. I mean, and I'd have to debate it for a little bit, but they're much closer. Can you, can you tell me you would? Please, you would not keep the same three seed if Southern Miss swapped out, and Ole Miss would be your three for Hattiesburg. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, 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 I would say there's a this, you know, you could have an LSU or an Ole Miss in Hattiesburg, no doubt about it. You're gonna get, All you're right. gonna get a uh, an, an SEC if you host as your two or three, right? Yeah, it, yeah, most likely. Okay. All right. We've got bone. Uh, we got some bones to pick. Uh, we kind of picked them the last couple of days. Bob's been out, so Bob, you can uh, pick this cancellation bone with Patrick. Yeah, I read that while I was on the road uh, about Texas A and M canceling a game to protect their RPI, and then I read where Ole Miss, mighty mm-hmm. Ole Miss, is canceling a game to protect their RPI. So I got a twofold question. First of all, get to this one first. Alleviate the fear in the back of my head and tell me Ole Miss is not going to get back in the hosting picture, Patrick. No, no, no. That's that's not happening. Okay. Uh, unless they somehow, you know, just won the rest of their games and won the SEC tournament. Even then, it would be tough for them. Uh, but just, I mean, by Ole Miss canceling that game against Arkansas State, they effectively boosted Southern Miss's RPI. Also, well, we appreciate uh, that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there is actually it probably did make a couple of spots different. Right. Uh, well, what do you think about this, though, Patrick? To me, Luke and I were talking about this this morning uh, over the phone, and that's just that's just cheap. That just doesn't set well with me. It's it's gone on forever. I mean, this is I know people. This kind of comes up, you know, every other year. People really get kind of aggravated about it, but it's been in college baseball for a long time. Uh, you know, Southern Miss probably for a good reason. You know, didn't schedule an opponent. Uh, I mean, to me, I don't know why anybody really schedules a midweek game. Uh, for this late in the season, uh, unless it's like a makeup uh, for an early contest, and they have, yeah, that's completely different. About you, and and I think Scott Barry uh, or somebody else brought this up. I think Coach Barry said it. He wasn't alluding to this, but you know, a co- the college baseball coach has is the, the the only coach really at this type of level of the three big sports that has the type of scheduling power. And so those guys put that on that schedule, knowing what was probably on the line. And, you know, to go down to Louisiana, I read this to earlier to, to, to Bob, Jay Johnson, the coach at LSU, who played Northwestern State last night, he said, you've seen teams cancel them all across the country so they don't drop an RPI. I don't think Coach Bertman built his program on running away from games. I, yeah. And they played last night. I, I just, it just feels icky. And you, you bring up the point it's been going on forever. I was just kind of concerned. I mean, what's next? Can you, can you go back and like vacate games retroactively? Cause if Southern Miss could get rid of the, the UNA series, they would be in like the top 13 right now. Right. I mean, Southern Miss has done this in the past. They've had SWAT games that they knew would just kill their RPI and they, you know, cancel it. I mean, and it wasn't necessarily last week of the season. 
but it's 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 just Still every wrong. program's done it, and uh, you know it's it's just one of those things. As far as the game, if they want to set up one thing where it makes it harder for them to do this, sure. But it's you know I'm I'm just of the perspective that this has always happened. Is and is is that and that's fair taken. And I would I would respond back even if we did it, it was wrong. Is that all these teams doing it? Does it just show the fact that the RPI as we know it? is a flawed system and they need to make some type of corrections where teams aren't punished for winning and rewarded for losing. No, I, I agree with that. And I think RPI this year has been especially flawed. Uh, if you go through and look at some of the, you know, you have Vanderbilt as a three seed and they're just now kind of being in position to host even that they were, you know, sub 500 and SEC plays. And so they were really high. Georgia's got a really inflated RPI. So I think RPI maybe will have a little bit less impact on how things go down this year. Uh, even though it's, I think it's, I think RPI these days is more helpful on who gets in and who gets out in terms of just at large bids at the back end. Uh, I don't think they necessarily are going to have much impact on, uh, who hosts regionals and who doesn't. So, uh, this is, this year is a case example of why RPI is pretty flawed and, and they should probably figure out a different way to do it. All right, guys, 40 seconds left. I got to tell you both this quick story. I thought about you two night before last, my wife and I are in a restaurant-slash-bar in Red Lodge, Montana, in the Bighorn Mountains, eating dinner. The waiter is talking to us. He asks us where we're from. We tell him we're from Mississippi. He immediately tells the people that were behind us running the bar we were from Mississippi, and everybody in the building, every employee comes up to the table and tells us they're huge New Orleans Saints fans, and we must be too because we're from Mississippi. So uh, the tentacles are everywhere, guys. The Saints tentacles yeah. are in the Bighorn Mountains. I think Mountains. somebody's telling Bob something. I think I think that's kind of like God's way of saying you got to be a thing. I'm, he is. I'm on board, he's, man. He's I'm now. In, I'm now. now. I know. But it just, reinforces, it just reinforces. It just you know this is <laughs> this is the Bob's destiny. You were the two guys I thought of the minute they started talking about the New Orleans Saints. So there you go. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, NOLA.com. Luke and I'll be back. Wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour Days. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour on this Wednesday. Brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Great show today. Appreciate Jenny Hazelwood, uh, Southern Miss Volleyball um, Head coach, new Southern Miss volleyball head coach for joining us. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com and then Jim Toman from, uh, from Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee did drop a seven to two decision last night up in Nashville to the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, also in the league last night, Western Kentucky beat Bellarmine. Old Dominion defeated VMI. Moorhead State beat Marshall up in Huntington. 
Charlotte uh, made a trip down into South Carolina and defeated the Gamecocks of South Carolina 8-3, to and UAB beat Troy 10-8. to And, of course, as I said, Vanderbilt beat Middle Tennessee. So um, going into the weekend, Southern Miss in first place at 20-7. and Louisiana Tech two and a half games back, 18-9. and UTSA 17-10 and along with Middle Tennessee at 17-10. and Charlotte, Old Dominion, FAU all 16-11, and UAB 12-15. and So... Basically, we know the top eight, uh, but seven to two, or shoot, seven to one could change. Um, you would feel even with a sweep, UAB is going to be the eight. Uh, so, Bob, if the Eagles were to, UAB. to get UAB. But you're in a situation where if Middle Tennessee loses two and, and Old Dominion wins two, I mean, Middle Tennessee could – could be the two, or they could be at the back of the line is like the seven. Um, this kid that they're throwing tomorrow night, uh, Coach Toman mentioned him, Peyton Winnington, 6'4", senior. Uh, last time he was out through a two-hit complete game shutout against Rice uh, with ten strikeouts. So um, good-looking kid, and, and that's kind of what Coach Barry has said, uh, is that Middle Tennessee is, is really good. I would remind you of, of a statistic I told uh, I told Coach Toman early in the program. They're 6-5 and five in Game 1s this year, 4-7 and seven in Game 2s, and then 9-2 and two in Game 3. So if you're the Eagles, you want to win the series. you got to win tomorrow night because they're they're not that great on Saturday. But, the, man, they are tough in, in Game 3 in series this year. Which he didn't seem to know. He didn't seem to know those stats, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> he's got somebody else somewhere that that covers that, that was so good yeah. i mean he's the definition of a manager right i mean just hey i got my pitching coach and he's a guru and i got my hitting coach and he's a guru i mean yeah, what extremely laid back love talking to coach toman good stuff all right i want to get luke johnson's i want to get luke johnson's projection what do the golden eagles have to do to host and where would you see them ending up as a host team all right so Obviously, RPI plays into that. As of right now, Southern Miss is 18. Okay? The teams that in Conference USA, because this is important, UTSA at 45, Middle Tennessee at 47, Old Dominion at 51, Louisiana Tech at 54, Charlotte at 68. So there's an opportunity. I think like six of the eight tournament teams are going to be in the top 70 in RPI, but Five of them are right around the top fifty. We we need we need Louisiana Tech um, to 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 get in the top fifty because every time somebody gets in the top fifty, it's just going to bump Southern Miss up, especially these teams that they've won. Golden Eagles probably they, obviously they got to win the series. You 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 desperately need a sweep. I think there's still a path if you get two out of three because Middle Tennessee is a would still a, a road win is far more important than a road loss. You're expected with the system to lose on the road and win at home. Golden Eagles have that going in there. So a, a a two out of three series win on the road is almost like a home sweep. Um, not not synonymous, but almost like that. If the Eagles were to get a two out of three and the, the right things happen and they were to probably make it to the final of the tournament, there's a a decent chance they'll host. If they win two out of three and win the tournament, they will host. Um, that that's just kind of where where it is right now. And then, of course, as we said, you want Ole Miss to win two out of three at Texas A and M. You want Louisville to win two out of three or sweep Virginia. You want some of these other teams, you know, like uh, the Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Virginia, and Texas. You want 
them to fall a little bit because Southern Miss needs to be in the top 16 entering the tournament, in my opinion. And you want San Diego to beat uh, Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga, yeah. The, the fighting McGillises. We need them. Yeah, no question. All right, so question number two. I was a little surprised to hear Patrick say this. Would you rather be the host team, the number 16 host team, or a number two seed in a, another tournament? I, I, I want to host. I want to see more baseball played at Pete Taylor Park. Historic year. But, man, you don't want to be paired up against Tennessee. The best offense in the nation most home runs, think Old Dominion, plus like 15 or 20 home runs on the year. And Tennessee is the only pitching staff that's better than Southern Miss's statistic-wise in, in the country. And you just don't want to play that team in a Super Regional. No. I'm not scared of them. I'm just saying if you want to have a chance to go at Omaha, you don't want to play them. So I would rather probably be a two-seed than be the 16. Now, 15, different story. 14, different story. I just don't I just don't want to be paired with Knoxville. First things first, got to beat Middle Tennessee, and that starts tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. All right, good to be back with you, Luke. Uh, Eagle, Luke's off tomorrow. I'll be here. I think Kelly will be rejoining us. And until then, uh, we thank you for listening every day in Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.